0: Thanks for listening to Thinking Biblically About Things That Matter. We are continuing our series on apologetics. Um, Over the last couple lessons, we tried to lay a a quick foundation. Um, Apologetics flows from our personal righteousness, like our, our uniqueness, our holiness, much more than it flows from like our awesome debating skills. We tried to Try to talk a little bit about that, the first lesson or two, um, and then we'll also the other thing we've tried to really um, emphasize is that apologetics must be filled with gospel proclamation. Unbelief doesn't come from an information problem; it comes from a sin problem, and and the gospel is the power for salvation. So so we're praying for repentance, not simply winning an argument. We're keeping Paul's words to Timothy in mind, right? That. We're to correct our opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth that they come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil. So today we're going to try to keep that foundation in mind. And we're going to dig into our first big question. We're going to call these defeater questions. We have many defeater questions to to go over over the coming um, weeks, the coming lessons. Um, So we're going to go through them one by one. When I say defeater question, I just mean a question that might be that, that someone might try to use to defeat christianity to defeat the logic of christianity so so we're doing the first one today our first big uh question now much of these questions many of these questions and a lot of this content over the next few weeks is going to come from a great little book called surviving religion 101 by michael kruger um he's he's written that's just a, it's a great little book um, and so it's going gonna, it's gonna to serve as a little bit of a guide um, for these lessons. I, we'll, be, we'll be getting content and we're, we'll be getting help from other sources as well, uh, but that's going to be one of the main ones. Um, so I, I recommend that book to you if you're, if you're interested in learning more about some of these topics. Um, so, so with all that being said, let's, let's dig in. Here's today's question. The question for today is is How can we possibly say that Christianity is the only right religion? Uh, One of the most offensive things someone can do in our modern era is to claim that they have the only right answer, that they have the only right way, that they have the absolute truth. And so, this is one of the just the most offensive things about Christians is that we claim Christianity is the only right religion. So, so what we're going to do is kind of look at some of the, some of the objections to this claim. All right? We got a few objections we're going to look at. Objection number one, aren't Christians just arrogant know-it-alls? Aren't Christians just arrogant know-it-alls? How do we answer something like that? Because, well, it, it can seem very arrogant on the face of it, because Christians do claim to have the only true religion. Um, and, and so perhaps... Sometimes in our desire to not seem arrogant, in our desire to to seem gentle and humble, we might be tempted to soft-sell the exclusive claims of Christianity. We might be be tempted to water down some of the exclusive claims of Christianity, but there's there's no need to do that, and that's mostly because of this, our religion, Christianity, is not something we came up with. We're not, we're not really defending ourselves or defending our own you know, intelligence or our own ability to figure things out. If, if religion is simply man's best attempt to worship whoever they think is worthy of worship or man's best attempt to live a worthy life or man's best attempt to reach a good afterlife, if that's all religion is, then it would be arrogant to say that Christianity is the only good one. Because it would come off like we figured it out. But, but one of the core truths of Christianity is that we didn't figure it out. We didn't come to God. We didn't figure God out. We didn't figure out how to have a good afterlife or, or a worthwhile life or, or how to be good people or how to make God happy with us. We didn't, we didn't figure it out. One of the core truths of Christianity is that God came to us. All of salvation is God coming to us. He not only sent his Son to die for us and save us and bring us to himself, he also opened our eyes to believe upon his Son. 2 Corinthians 4 says, What we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. In the face of Jesus Christ. We didn't design any of this. We didn't figure any of this out. It was given to us. And so Christianity's status. As an exclusive religion. Is based firmly. On on God coming to us. And and again. It's not really about our claims about ourselves. like, Like we figured out how to be good. This is. This is based firmly on the way Jesus describes himself. He's the one who says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So this isn't a matter of our arrogance at all. We are simply saying what Jesus has said. We are are simply attributing to Jesus what he has said of himself. We're describing Jesus the way he describes himself. We can, unfortunately, come off arrogant. We, We shouldn't. We should be very careful not to. But but the actual content of what we're saying is not arrogant at all. This is simply a matter of what Jesus himself says about himself. That he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. All right, objection number two. Aren't all religions the same? Or or aren't all religions equally valid? Might be another way of saying this. Aren't, Aren't all religions the same aren't they all equally valid well no no and 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 if if someone says this um if someone says this it's because they they haven't truly it's probably probably i shouldn't say maybe they have but but it's probably because they haven't truly thought out what uh, thought out what what they're saying uh, because, because in, in almost all, I mean, in almost all religions, there are some irreconcilable differences. Uh, um, and, and when you get right down to it, nobody truly believes that all religions are equally valid. I mean, history is full of religions that practiced child sacrifice. We wouldn't call those religions valid. There are, there are still religions around the world today where if if a husband dies, then, then a couple days later the wife has to poison herself and be buried with her husband. That's what their religion mandates. We, we wouldn't say that that's an equally valid religion. There's a religion in South America which has 800,000 members and they all believe that they're aliens. Their, their religion teaches them that they are aliens in human form. And so, the, the, you, you're your serious-minded neighbor who says, I think all religions are, are equal. They, they haven't really thought that out. No one truly believes that. And then, and then more importantly... We have to remember Christianity is fundamentally different from all other religions. It truly is a unicorn. It truly is all by itself. Christianity is not built on people doing good stuff or getting a good afterlife. That's pretty much the template for all other religions, right? Here's what it means to be good. Here's what it means to to, to achieve a good afterlife. Those those are some of the, some of the kind of core. Templates. I mean, they're packaged very differently from one religion to another, but that's the idea. You have to be good to, to get good reward. You have to be a good person to get good stuff. In this life or in the life to come, whatever that means. Christianity is very different. Christianity is built on, on grace. It's built on Jesus dying for us even though we don't deserve it. It's, it's not built on us being good and earning something. It's, it's built on there's only one good person and, and, and he, he was punished for our sins. So Christianity is just incredibly different um, from, from other religions in in that way. I mean if you think about it, if if Christianity isn't true, then the cross makes no sense whatsoever. Why would Christ go through all that if there's another way to have our sin problem dealt with? If there's another way for, for humans to achieve a good afterlife, to 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 receive a good afterlife. Well whoa and this is why Peter says in Acts 4.12, There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Christianity is incredibly different than all other religions. No other religion is built on, is, is, is built on someone else accomplishing for you what you could not accomplish for yourself. So then objection number three, aren't all truth claims relative? In other words, isn't truth like personal, right? Um, Can't can't something be true for one person or culture or group, but then something totally different be true for another person or culture or group? Is truth universal? I mean, and this seems like a kind of a peaceful way to live, right? This is a way that a lot of people want to live. Christianity can be your truth. Something else will be my truth. Those other people will have their truth. And can't we all just kind of get along? Can't we all just coexist, as the bumper sticker says? However, this is impossible and in the end, nonsensical. It's absurd in the end. To say that there is no objective truth, no absolute truth, is in the end nonsensical. Because, because there are objective truths. The earth is round. That's, that's either true or it's not. If a doctor tells me I broke my leg, I can't tell him, well, that's your truth. I respect that, but I have a different truth that I'm going to live by and then just try to walk out of there as if nothing happened. That's not going to work. And perhaps someone would say, well, I don't don't mean those kind of truth claims. I just mean religious truths. Well, again, Christianity is based on objective historical truth claims. Jesus was born of a virgin. He died on the cross. He rose from the dead. These things are historical facts. And this is the content that we believe. And so this is actually why another another big reason why when we speak about the gospel we shouldn't speak only in terms of like our relationship to Jesus like our like like Jesus is in my heart or Jesus has um, we we should we shouldn't speak only in those kinds of ways when we're explaining the gospel to someone we have to explain it as historical fact. Like the content that someone must believe is that Jesus was born of a virgin. That he lived on earth a completely, perfectly sinless life. That he died on the cross. And when he did, he was paying for our sins. And then then the Father raised him from the dead. And he ascended to heaven where he is now seated at the right hand of God. These are historical, actual physical realities. These are truths. And so there's not anything relative about this. That either happened or it didn't. That either happened or it didn't. And if it happened, then then you have to deal with it. And, and, and in the end to, to say aren't all truth claims relative is you, you, you can't say something like all truth claims are relative that's that's like saying all sentences are false well you just used a sentence to say that to say all truth claims are relative you you just you just Use the truth claim to do that. So, is the truth claim you just used is that one relative? And so, so in the end, the end of the, the idea that all truth claims are are relative is, is silly. And so, when we're talking about the gospel, we must talk in actual historical content. It, it can't be simply, here's how Jesus changed my life. It can't, it, it, it can't be simply, here's how Jesus gets me through my day, or here's how Jesus makes me feel. It can't be that. It can't just be that. I, I think we should talk about how we are thankful for Jesus' love and care for us, and for the peace and comfort and hope he gives. But we also have to understand that people can look to all of those kinds of things really anywhere else. You know, if you, if you say, I had a really rough day, and I, and I just came home, and I was weeping, and then I just remembered the great love of Jesus, and, and I was filled with comfort and joy and peace, like, that's good, and we should talk in that way, but that can't be all we talk about. Because again, people can turn to ice cream for that. They can turn to their puppy for that. They can turn to a close friend for that. We, 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 we can't talk about Jesus only in ways that could, people could replace with, like, a puppy or ice cream or, or a, a close friend or a warm, fuzzy blanket. We, we, we have to talk about Jesus. It's good to talk about him in ways where we're subjective joy that he gives us but we must talk about him in concrete objective truth like Jesus was born of a virgin Jesus lived a sinless life Jesus died on the cross these things happened Jesus was raised from the dead this happened and, and we also have to remember to say all truth claims are relative is is absurd. Perhaps you've heard the elephant analogy. Uh, Michael Kruger in his book sort of dismantles that analogy. Let Let me read this for you. Religion, relativists say, is like blind men feeling different parts of an elephant. As the blind men try to determine what an elephant is like, one feels the trunk and says, an elephant is like a snake. Another feels the tail and says, an elephant is like a rope. Another feels a leg and says an elephant is like a tree trunk, and so the argument goes. They are all right because they are each seeing only one part of the truth. And so a relativist would say that's the way religion works, right? It's like it's like looking at an elephant. And and but if you're blind, so so you can't see it. All you can do is feel it. So you, and you can only feel one part of it. So the, if you're feeling the trunk, you're like oh, it's like a. It's like a tree trunk. If you're feeling the tail, oh, it's like a rope. Or, oh, if you, I mean, if it's if a leg, it feels like a tree trunk. If it's the tail, it, it, it feels like a snake. If it's a, or if it's a trunk, it feels like a snake. If it's a, if it's a tail, it feels like a, a rope. Man, I'm really butchering this, sorry. But you understand the point. You understand the point. So Michael Kruger goes on to say, um, the core problem with the elephant analogy is that the person using the analogy is assuming that they are not that that, that that they see the whole elephant. So so in order to in order to make this analogy, you have to assume that you can see the whole elephant, right? Someone is assuming omniscience. Someone is assuming omniscient knowledge. How could the person who's creating the analogy know how all religions work? Why aren't they blind as well? And why should this person be exempt from the very analogy that they gave? Again, this looks like a modest claim. This looks like a humble claim that, that religions are seeing only part of the truth. But again, this, this works out to be pretty dogmatic. And again, Christians understand the way religion really works. We, this is our claim, But but the difference is we don't base that claim on our own efforts to figure out God. Rather, we believe that God has revealed himself to us by grace. Or to put it differently, we think the elephant speaks. The, The elephant has told us what he is. Unlike the analogy in which the elephant is silent, leaving it up to blind men to figure him out, Christians believe that God has plainly told us what he is like, and there is nothing arrogant about simply believing what God has said about himself. Final objection, isn't disagreement the same as disrespect? Isn't disre- disagreement the same as disrespect? And this probably is where the rubber meets the road, because it, it, it used to be that you could disagree with someone respectfully. It, actually, and there have been times in our history when it was actually a sign of respect that you disagreed with them. It, it meant you took their positions seriously. It meant you valued them enough to engage with them, to think about what they were saying now disagreement is seen, seen, as a, seen as a personal attack. Which is, which is much of the reason why people say something like, all truth is relative, you believe what you want, I'll believe what I want, your truth is yours, mine is mine. But then they also get very defensive and very angry if you disagree with them. I mean, it's illogical, but it also fits with the pattern of the day. And, and there's nothing, frankly, that a Christian can do except return again and again to 1 Peter 3.15. In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense, apologia, to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. And again, 2 Timothy 2.24, we, we talked about this earlier, 25 rather, correcting our opponents with gentleness. So, so we, we can be we're making our defense. We're 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 making our we're, we're correcting our opponents. We're doing this, and we're aiming for gentleness. We're aiming for respect. We're 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 trying to we're, we're we are trying to be respectful. And of course, it's possible, probably even likely, that no matter how um that, that no matter how respectful we try to be, we will be seen as disrespectful. But the goal is simple. Clarity and humility. Clarity and humility. And the content of what we believe actually helps us. Our religion is a gift from God. We didn't come up with it. We're not defending our own intelligence or our own invention. We're defending what God has given to us in his grace. So remembering that will help us continue to pursue clarity and humility. And and it'll help us to pursue gentleness and respect while we, are, while we are disagreeing with those um, who, who find Christianity, to find the truth claims of Christianity um, uh, to be ridiculous, um, to be arrogant, um, if, if we can remember, kind of center ourselves on, on our one of our core beliefs, that, that we're not defending ourselves. God has given this to us. God has opened our eyes to believe that this God has shined in our hearts the, the light of the glory of Christ. Um, and, and, and and so when we're we're making a defense, we're we're making a defense for the hope that is within us. We're we're making a defense of what God has given to us. And this is for this is for his glory by his grace. And we'll uh, we will talk more about this um, next time. We've got another defeater question our, our next defeater question is aren't christian morals hateful and intolerant so that's what we're going to dive into the christian morality isn't it isn't it hateful and intolerant we'll, we'll dive into that next time and until then thanks for listening